0: Hendricks Regional Health, your health care partner that has been nationally recognized for creating outstanding patient experiences, is proud to present Health Talks with HRH. Here's Melanie Cole. The shoulder has a wide and versatile range of motion. When something goes wrong with your shoulder, it can hamper your ability to move freely, and it can cause a great deal of pain and discomfort. My guest today is Dr. Chad Waits. He's an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine physician at Hendricks Regional Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Waits. So let's talk about some of the things that can go wrong with this incredible joint that is the shoulder joint. What are some of the most common shoulder injuries that you see?
1: Thank you for having me today. Uh, The... uh Shoulder, as you say, is a very complex joint and involves uh, and affects so much of our life and our activities. Uh, some of the common things that we see, uh, of course, are rotator cuff uh, injuries. Uh, uh, there's also shoulder arthritis that we see, shoulder dislocations, various traumas, and things that can be injured. Uh, but certainly, one of the more certainly the more common things that we see would be uh, issues that involve both the rotator cuff or or arthritis of the shoulder.
0: So there's acute injuries and there's chronic, overuse-type injuries. Tell us about the rotator cuff. People don't know what it is, what it encompasses, and why so often people complain of rotator cuff problems.
1: Sure. I, uh, You know, it's always interesting. People talk about rotary cups and, and all kinds of things. I know. They always say cups. So, <laughs> um, so the rotator cuff is, is a set of four muscles and tendons that attach to and surround the ball of the shoulder joint. Basically, they work together in order to keep the ball centered in the socket so that our larger muscles, such as the deltoid, can help to, uh, to give power to the shoulder. But the different parts of the rotator cuff have uh, uh, different actions. Part of the rotator cuff helps to rotate the arm in, part of it helps to rotate the arm out, and then part of it helps to uh, simply lift the arm. That portion of the rotator cuff is the, is the portion that uh, by far is the most commonly injured or affected.
0: So how is it most commonly injured or affected? Is this a a chronic problem maybe in an athlete, baseball pitches, or golfers seem to suffer from this? Or is this something that kind of age-related, just everybody sort of gets rotator cuff problems as they get older.
1: There are, there's certainly an age-related component to it. The vast majority of people that we're seeing with rotator cuff problems are over 40. Um, Now we certainly see groups of folks with, depending on their occupation or recreation, the kind of things that they're doing. I mean, I've repaired rotator cuff tears in 20-year-olds, but that's very, very rare in in relation to the number of folks in their 50s and 60s with rotator cuff problems. So there's definitely uh, an age component to it. Um, there are patients that, that tear their rotator cuffs in, uh, with some specific type of activity, a fall, a jerking motion, you know, lifting something too heavy. Uh, but more frequently, the tear is more of, uh, of an overtime uh, gradual sort of development. There's um, impingement in the shoulder, uh, kind of a phenomenon where there's there's an abrasive wear of the rotator cuff up against the roof of the shoulder, and and uh, that can irritate and, and wear on that much like a rope draped over the edge of a cliff that kind of rubs and frets and frays, and and over time develops enough tearing that it's a problem. And so, in many cases, that's that's the way the rotator cuff uh, problems develop is is more. Uh, gradual over time.
0: Now there are some symptoms, some kind of textbook symptoms. Please describe if somebody is feeling pain when they go to put on a coder at night or something and how they know it's a rotator cuff and then what would be the first line of defense?
1: There's a lot of overlap um, in in, uh, symptoms related to rotator cuff or several other things. Um, There are some characteristics that typically rotator cuff problems affect people more as they're lifting the arm, the higher the arm is, the the bigger of an issue it is. Most of the time, people talk about if they're doing things down with their arm at their side, kind of uh, lower level stuff, it doesn't typically bother them nearly as much, uh, whereas reaching out in front of them or uh, certainly up above shoulder level tends to be more bothersome. Um, Weakness is also a common complaint. If they're trying to reach and lift, they'll uh, oftentimes complain of some weakness. Now, a little bit of weakness can take place just with just with uh, some tenonitis or early stages of inflammation of the rotator cuff, and uh, just just the pain itself can make a person look weaker. but certainly on our exam, when we look if there's if there's a more pronounced weakness with portions of the rotator cuff, that can be indicative of a problem. Um, many times people will complain about it. they're unable to sleep on that side at night with the, with the direct compression, that's another common complaint.
0: Okay, so then what? If somebody comes to you, they've got shoulder pain, icing, wrapping, bracing, what do we do as the first line of defense before we would ask for any kind of interventions?
1: Sure. Well, many times, I mean, if somebody comes in and they've truly done nothing yet, um, then in many cases some some uh, level of anti-inflammatory type medications will be prescribed. Uh, potentially, a period of rest. Sometimes, some physical therapy to to try to uh, strengthen portions of it. Many of the times, though, when I see patients, they've already been taking some ibuprofen for a while before they come in. They've already cut back on some of their activities, trying to rest it, and and the pain has persisted, uh, leading to their uh, you know to the the office encounter. So. Uh, we're usually kind of ramping up what we're doing. For me, in terms of determining uh, what what level of intervention we go to next is really largely based on the exam. If I see an exam that looks to be, uh, you know, they've still got pretty good motion, their strength seems to be reasonably maintained, they're just sore and painful in and around their rotator cuff, then many times uh, something like a steroid injection in the office uh, can can be enough to to settle that down for for a good long while. Uh, if there's a more pronounced weakness uh, right up front, then uh, oftentimes we will uh, proceed with an MRI, which allows me to to get a good look at the rotator cuff tissue itself and see if there's a tear, and if so, to what degree is it torn? Is it partially torn? Is it? full thickness tear, and then how much of the rotator cuff does it involve, and then uh, those kinds of things are are largely what dictate how we proceed. Now, uh, that's also under the assumption that there's enough pain and symptoms. Sometimes I'll see patients that are uh, 75 and really don't have much occasion to do a lot overhead, and on the occasions that they do, it's a little sore, but they tolerate it well, and if they've got a relatively small rotator cuff, they might do well with that, but um you know, patients that are uh, higher demand, uh, wanting, needing, expecting more out of their shoulder, uh, sometimes even a small rotator cuff tear is, is something that, that we opt to uh, operate on. And, and, and um, um, you know, just it's really tailored to an individual patient, uh, you know, and their, their exam and their uh, level of discomfort.
0: Does it ever heal itself?
1: It can um it a partial thickness tear um there's a there's a thickness to the the substance of the rotator cuff, and much like the the rope draped over the cliff that I described earlier when that starts to fret and fray and snarl a little bit, but the overall bulk of the 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 tendon substance is still attached, then that's something that that can heal if we can. Uh, give it enough opportunity for the inflammation to settle down, modify some of those activities. Now, there are obstacles to that healing. Some patients develop uh, spurring uh, um, arthritis around their collarbone joint, various things that can lead to uh, less space for the rotator cuff and more of that abrasive wear that that can contribute to rotator cuff tears. And so uh, for those patients, if I see somebody with a little partial thickness tear and good space around the rotator cuff, then I'm a lot more optimistic for that to uh, to heal on its own. If they've got you know significant pinch points and spurring and and so on that's digging into their rotator cuff, then uh, the likelihood of being able to get the rotator cuff to heal in that setting is is you know, far more limited.
0: So in just the last few minutes, Dr. Waits, because we really could talk about this for a very long time and do just a whole segment on the surgical interventions, give your best advice for people suffering from shoulder pain, what you really want them to know, and why they should come to Hendricks Regional Health for their care.
1: I'm a pretty conservative guy when it comes to, to surgical interventions of most, uh, in most of the things that we're dealing with. i uh, never twisted an arm for someone to have a surgery that uh, that it didn't bother them. Uh, but at the same time, most of the folks that I'm seeing are there because of some some degree of discomfort. Uh, there's certainly risks with surgery, and so we take those into account and consideration whenever we're dealing with individual patients and what the, the remainder of their health status is. But uh, really, it's twofold. It's based not uh, I think, even more so with the shoulder than some of the other joints that we deal with um not only is the pain uh, a big part of what drives uh the level of intervention that we do but also the the level of function um uh because it's just you know we're so dependent on our arms and our shoulders uh, and and um we might be using our hand but our shoulders needed to get to get our hand wherever it needs to be in space and so um, that combination of pain and dysfunction is, is ultimately what um, uh, pushes us down the, the, the path for for uh, intervention that we're doing. Uh, the vast, vast majority of the rotator cuff, or almost all of the rotator cuff work that we do, I, I do arthroscopically. Um, so little small incisions as opposed to, to larger open types of incisions. Um, we're still doing the same work on the inside, but the less trauma that we can cause to the muscles surrounding the shoulder and uh, you know, just the less soft tissue trauma that we can cause, not only do people feel better quicker, but uh, the overall recovery is certainly uh, improved as well. Um, the uh, uh, My fellowship training subsequent to my orthopedics training um, it was uh, the the bulk of that time was uh, uh, centered around the shoulder. And, and uh, uh, so we feel uh, confident in, in the, the things that we're accustomed to seeing with, with regards to shoulder pain and, and dealing with that. So.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Waits, for being with us today. What great information. You're listening to Health Talks with HRH. And for more information, you can go to Hendricks.org. That's org.